And welcome back to Pacific Rim, right here, 1029 and 750 The Game. It is my great pleasure to be joined by our next guest. The Utah Utes are one of the better teams out there in the Pac-12. Larry Krastoyak, head coach of the running Utes, has done a great job with this team. Didn't make the NCAA tournament this year, but you could tell that there was clear progress from this team. Did a really good job of making up for so many players being lost. And Coach is joining me right now. Coach Krastoyak, how are you doing today? Doing great, Greg. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Great to have you on. And first things first, I was alluding to it a little bit earlier. From last year, I think you guys lost like eight or nine guys. I still remember you guys had that hard uh, had that hard fought loss to Gonzaga. Then you lose like Jakob Hurdle. You have quite a few players transfer. What was it like going from 2016 to 2017? That was just so different because it felt like you were really trying to pick up the pieces sort of from last year and so still did a pretty good job of it. Well, it was, you know, you lose a player of Jakob's uh, potential, ninth, ninth pick in the draft at Toronto. Uh, and then we had three seniors that played a heck of a lot of minutes. Uh, Brandon Taylor and Jordan Loveridge and Dakari Tucker all played, uh, you know, from their freshman year on. And we had a lot of stability and the culture within our program was very solid. And I, I probably made a mistake, actually, Greg, with all those new players, uh, just making an assumption that some of those cultural issues were going to stay in place and we spent a lot of time just as you said trying to get a group functional offensively and defensively and um you know we managed to win 20 games uh you know lost a number of close games didn't get the marquee wins over the top teams lost you know ucla by a bucket and and oregon by a possession and double overtime to cal and some different things so um but it, you know, it was a uh, it was a building year. I th- we've got a, a stronger nucleus coming back a year from now, and uh, hopefully, we just keep on keep chopping wood and and making some progress, keep moving forward. And coach, I mean, you allude to a lot of the uh, makeshift pieces, I guess you could say. It almost feels like your team is where they were about three years ago. I still remember you guys didn't make the NCAA tournament, but you were in a ton of close games. You saw some promise from DeLon, right? Then you guys make the NCAA tournament. You make the Sweet 16. Do you think that there there are some parallels from three years ago to now? Well, it, it kind of, now that you mention it, it, it does feel a little bit that way. Um you know, not making plays down the stretch. That was an area that we, we remedied. You know, there was a lot of focus on how we win close games. And and I always thought the best way to, to make sure you don't lose a close game is to not have a close game. And I think we led the uh, NCAA ranks that year you're talking about where we had uh, maybe 13 or 14 wins by 20 points or more. You know, if you take care of your business and and don't go down to the wire, then you don't put yourself in harm's way. Um, not saying that that's going to happen again, but uh, hopefully if Kyle Kuzma decides to return to college, um, you know, we'll have a roster next year with five seniors on it and some guys that have played a lot of reps. And, and oftentimes to have some success in March, you need to have, uh, you know, a veteran group like that. So we're hoping to be able to piece something together like that. And you bring up uh, Kyle Kuzma as it's Larry Krasoyak joining me right here on Pacific Rim 102.9 and 750 the game. He declared for the NBA draft, I believe, in late March, but he is without an agent right now. And the guy did a little bit of everything for this team. He's a really good rebounder, does a great job scoring the ball. Has he told you anything ever since he decided to enter the, the draft process, stick his toe in the water? Have you heard anything one way or another from him? Oh, sure. We're we're communicating. You know, and I... I uh... Uh, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, 
it's a tough time of year for kids. You know, you see these kids putting their name in and, and fortunately not hiring agents. There's not a whole lot an agent can do for you, in my opinion. Um, and, you know, the, the testing of the waters has become a real popular thing. I don't know what the, the list is just about ready to be put together. And, uh, you know, I want Kyle to get out there against some of this competition. Hopefully he gets an invitation to Chicago to the pre-draft camp and, as I told him, you know, if you go in there and dazzle people and play well and and you're ready for it, then nobody's going to give you, you know, a higher five than I'm going to give you and wish you well. It's just you don't want to you don't want to, you know, miss steps in this process and be misled by any information that's out there and um, you know, the emotion is probably all leaning toward an NBA future when the reality is, you know, you don't want to be on a, a D league bus and staying in lesser hotels and struggling when college basketball cranks up next fall. And, um, that's where it's a little bit dangerous. I think is you have a lot of emotion that's, you know, headed toward the NBA with the playoffs, with all the excitement going on and college basketball is a slow time, but, um, you know, you've got to fast forward yourself the next fall and make sure that whatever decision you're making, you're ready to live with it and and give yourself the best opportunity for success. That's all I've asked. And it feels like the draft process has really made it tougher on colleges the past couple of years because two years ago, I believe it was, they actually moved back the date in which you could uh, withdraw from the NBA draft. Now it's only a couple weeks away from the draft. It's like late May. It's right after the combine. So they get to go to the combine, and then about two weeks later, the player has to make their decision on whether they want to go back to school or whether they want to stay and go into the NBA draft. Has that made your job tougher? Because it just feels like it's so late in the process and you you still need to do recruiting. And sometimes you might be in a little bit of a pickle as to how many scholarships you may or may not have. There's no doubt about that, Greg. That's, uh, you know, I was recruiting this last weekend, the first evaluation period, and sitting with a lot of coaches, and there's a number of us in the same situation. You know, there's not a lot of regard right now uh, to the situations that we're in. I do like the fact that, um, you know, players uh, up until recently, you weren't really able to work out. You were all, It was all hypothetical. So if you were in college and you went and did some of these workouts, you were basically destined to, to give up your college eligibility, and at least now... With some of the underclassmen, they can, uh, you know, the the proverbial test the waters and do some of those things without an agent and then still have a chance to come back. Um, But there's somewhere in the middle here that needs to, uh, not only for college coaches' benefits and programs, but for the young men as well to to make the process a little bit easier and less, uh, you know, always trying to anticipate and guess what, you know, what's out there. There's so... it's such a deep draft, and there's so many foreign players in this draft. And like last year, if I'm not mistaken, out of the 60 players drafted, I think close to 20 were international players that many of us haven't heard from. So, um, you know, until that list gets put together and um, and you know exactly where players sit, it's really hard to guess and, and place yourself in there somewhere. I'm completely with you as head coach of the Utah Utes, Larry Kristoyak, joining me right here on Pacific Rim, 102.9 and 750 the game. His team had a good run in last year in uh, college basketball, was not able to make the NCAA tournament, but in all honesty, they were right there until the end. And the team 
I really feel like is on the uptake. And you guys actually benefited from a couple transfers. Cedric Bearfield, I mean, he made a good contribution to the team. It felt like he did a good job handling the ball. He averaged like nine or ten points per game. And then David Collette, a guy from Utah State that I feel didn't get enough love when he was with the Aggies. He comes into this team. He averages something like 13 and a half points. I'd like to say five or six rebounds. He was one of the top rebounds rebounders for your team how big was it to get those two transfers in because like I had mentioned a little bit earlier you guys had lost a lot from last year but you guys had two really good transfers that were able to make an immediate impact for your team well the interesting part about that is is those guys uh you know they weren't able to play until Christmas time until grades were posted so we were in the middle of our season we made it through the preseason uh, without those guys, and um, you know, obviously, certainly would have liked to have had them in some of those close ball games that we had against the Xaviers and the Butlers of the world to create more of a resume. So, uh, once we got them in gear after Christmas, our team changed, and and I think we were far more productive. But you know, this next season, you know, it'll be hit the ground running with everybody. There won't be any mid mid season uh, eligibility issues, and so I think you know our opportunities and and progress should be a heck of a lot more productive than it was this past season. That's absolutely huge. And something else that's big is it feels like the Pac-12 next year won't be quite as top-heavy because, I mean, so many people recall that last year it felt like it was Oregon, Arizona, and then obviously UCLA, and then there was a big drop-off in many people's opinion. I thought that the Pac-12 was a little bit better top to bottom than a lot of people gave it credit for, but... Mm-hmm. But the only other team that made the NCAA tournament was USC, and the committee thought so low of them that they sent them to Dayton for the playing game. What do you think of the Pac-12 coming back next year? Because I feel like there's going to be a ton of talent, like I said, those four teams earlier. I think all four of them are going to be pretty strong, though. Obviously, Oregon has lost quite a bit. There's a bit of turnover with some of these schools, like California is dealing with a coaching change. You also have uh, Washington dealing with a head coaching change as well, with Lorenzo Romar being out. But do you feel like there might be a little bit more love for the Pac-12, the middle of the Pac-12 next year? Well, you know, so much of that, we, we can talk about it all we want, but the, uh, a lot of that is going to be determined with preseason. You know, you need to have some quality wins um, from some of those teams against, you know, similar opponents from other conferences, and that's a big focus, I think, for our league is to uh, to make sure that we're scheduling properly and putting ourselves in a position to win some of those games, or certainly the teams that have a chance to be good need to, to challenge themselves in a scheduling uh, situation. And, and we're going to do a little bit of that as well. But, um, you know, it's, it's so much of our league, I think, it, from a demographic point of view, a time zone point of view, is still always going to be pretty heavily weighted toward the east. And, uh, you know, we need to scratch and claw a little bit on our end. But, we, you know, when you look at NBA drafts and different things like that, we've always been in the top two since I've been here in terms of players drafted, um, there's a heck of a lot of players from our league this year that will be in the draft. So I think our, there'll be a little bit of a talent, uh, you know, exit, uh, from our league, but I know UCLA is reloading and Arizona is reloading and, and we've got a nice nucleus of guys back. USC should be, you know, at least on paper right now, if that nucleus comes back, they're going to be one of the preseason favorites. So, um, you know, the, uh, I think we're all in the same boat uh, as Pac-12 coaches is that, you know, all the talk is cheap. We need to go out and prove ourselves. And I don't think there's any question it's a high caliber league. And, and whether other people from around the country realize that or not is, 
is kind of irrelevant. We're going to have to to get some wins on paper and prove it. And coach, I'd like to close it out with this. Your team got a huge addition. I believe it was last week. Justin Bibbins. He is a he is a guard that used to play for Long Beach State. Very good score. He's going to yep. be joining the team next year as a graduate transfer. How huge is it to be able to get a guy like Justin Bibbins and be able to have him play right away? Because I feel like he's a guy that can make an instant impact for this team. Well, as as do we. You know, Justin's a great leader. He's a mature kid. Uh, when you look at Long Beach's schedule over the years, they've always really challenged themselves in the preseason. So he's had plenty of high-level competition, uh, you know, does a nice job of running a club, and he's a, a definite threat from an offensive point of view to, you know, shoot threes and get his teammates involved. And I, I think from our perspective here at Utah, he's exactly what we need, you know, some leadership and some culture building and a kid that really wants to finish off his college career on a high note. And, you know, that was our only graduate. Our only senior on our team was Lorenzo Bonham, who started at the point. So I think it makes sense. It ends up being a, a win-win for both of us. And, and uh, you know, he's a, he's a great kid, tremendous young man, and wants to be in the FBI and will get a one-year's master degree in, in uh, psychology. So he's, he's going to help us a lot. We're looking forward to welcoming him to the program this summer. Wants to be in the FBI. Now, that is something interesting right there. I mean, the basketball is nice and everything, but I to make the FBI, have you ever had a player with that lofty of expectations? No, you know, and he has. His parents are in, in uh, his mom's in law enforcement. Um, it's been a goal of his for many years, and everybody knows it and talks about it. So uh, anybody that knows, you know, if you want to be an FBI agent, you've got to have a pretty squeaky past squeaky clean and stay out of trouble and do things the right way. It's awfully extensive, um, but that's been a goal of his. And and having that kind of uh, demeanor and leadership on a basketball court, I think, is, is really going to enhance our situation. My goodness, say what you want about his basketball play. He wants to be in the FBI. That's that's interesting right there. It's head coach Larry Kristoyak of the Utah Utes. Join me right here on Pacific Rim, 1029 and 750 the game. I'm not quite an FBI agent as this is going to be out there on social media, but thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you, Greg. Take care now.